0: As pastors who love to teach the Word of God, we know that God's Word is the best counsel that anyone can receive. And and so when we're sitting down with people, I think our heart's desire is to share the Word of God and to counsel them in the Word of God. Unfortunately, that's not always what other people expect or are even looking for. Pointman Ministries Podcast Network, strength for today's pastor.
1: Here's your host, Bill Holdridge. Bill is the director of Poyman Ministries, which is a team of former longtime senior pastors who are available to strengthen pastors, to strengthen churches. Welcome to podcast number 23 of Strength for Today's Pastor. I am your host, Bill Holdridge, and I am with Pastor Paul Laboudier of Calvary Chapel, Ontario, Oregon. So excited to have you with us today, Paul, and the subject that we're going to be talking about, I think, is going to be such an important one for senior pastors, and I do believe, knowing you as I do, that it's going to be very liberating as well. Welcome to the program.
0: Thank you very much.
1: You know, we've, we've got uh, a lot of recent history that we're starting to develop between ourselves being only about 45 minutes in proximity from each other by car. Uh-huh. And I really appreciate just being in the neighborhood with with someone like yourself and Sue and and a couple of your kids that I've known and yeah. and so on. It's been great.
0: It has been great. We've really appreciated uh, having you here in the Treasure
1: Valley as well. Yeah, thanks. You know, and I appreciate too your encouragement on the WW thing. <laughs> You know, for those of you that are not in the know, it's Weight Watchers, and I'm not going to comment on Paul's <laughs> journey here, but it's helped me get closer and closer to my high school playing weight, which is wonderful, but thanks for that, too.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Always happy to lend a hand, aren't you, Paul?
0: Uh, well, I sure hope so.
1: Yeah. Well, today's subject is counseling, pastoral uh-huh. counseling, counseling in the church. And boy, for some pastors, that is the most daunting word that we could possibly use. For others, it's become the deep black hole of time <laughs> uh, usage. And for others, it's been the way that chronic people have entered into their lives and have been uh, stripping pastors of freedom, <laughs> of heart you know and for mm-hmm. others it's been a glorious opportunity for discipleship and for really speaking into the lives of people effectively and appropriately and i'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say on the subject of pastoral counseling
0: well it can definitely be challenging and i hope we're able to uh unlock some some tips for the guys today
1: yeah yeah and and i i hope so too and i think we will i think you will The first thing that I think maybe we should talk about is what is pastoral counseling and why use the word counseling instead of discipleship?
0: That's an excellent question. I think that when people come in for counseling, it really behooves us as pastors to find out what their expectations are because they're obviously bringing in their own definitions and their own understanding of what counseling is going to look like and how it's going to benefit them. And so for us to kind of have our own definition is one thing. To communicate that and to get an understanding of what they think counseling is, is yet another. Um, you know, as 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 pastors who love to teach the Word of God, we know that God's Word is the best counsel that anyone can receive. And And so when we're sitting down with people, I think our heart's desire is to share the Word of God and to counsel them in the Word of God. Unfortunately, that's not always what other people expect or are even looking for, but those definitions really are critical.
1: So the counselee, to use that word, or let's just say the disciple, hopefully, Mm -hmm. uh, has one set of expectations, and we as senior pastors of churches have another idea, we really want to use this as an opportunity for them to grow in Christ, grow in their relationships, grow through the struggles that they're experiencing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Unfortunately, however, we're living in this culture today that is just, I mean, we've never had more counselors. We've never had more people to counsel in in secular society than we do today. And so people come into it with a preconceived idea of what it's going to look like, and, uh, and what they're going to get out of it, hopefully. And, and so we have to really sit down and really communicate those things with people because otherwise we can find ourselves getting into a situation that we are completely unprepared for. And believe me, I've been there in the past.
1: So do you vet the, the, the counseling request in that way? Do you ask them what are your expectations? And if so, what, how do you do that? How do you get that information from them?
0: When people contact the office and ask for a time of counseling, or if we do counseling, and that's usually how those requests come in, does the pastor do marriage counseling, for example, or something of that nature, um, we invite people to come in for an initial appointment, and we call that an assessment. And so we don't commit to any kind of a situation that's ongoing until we've had an opportunity To sit down and just find out what the needs are and often in those initial meetings the issue can be taken care of in one sit down one meeting Um, because there are times when people believe that they need counseling but they just need to be encouraged sometimes people are struggling in their confidence or i guess i should say they have a lack of confidence in how the lord can work in their situation They they may communicate to me, I need marriage counseling. But the fact of the matter is, they're lacking confidence that the Lord can help them in the midst of their marriage. Or they're lacking confidence that the Lord can help them in the midst of their issues with their child raising or whatever the case may be. And sometimes just sitting down and talking about that issue of faith is 90% of what they need to see uh, happening in their lives uh, just getting to the place of saying, "Lord, I'm I trust you. I trust you with my marriage, or I trust you with whatever the situation is." So,
1: so in that situation, your role is to connect them with divine resources.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the reasons why, personally, as a pastor, I don't counsel people outside of our fellowship. A uh, number two, I don't counsel people who aren't regularly attending, because when they ask me personally. If I offer counseling, I tell them, well, yeah, we've got uh, two services on Sunday morning at 9 and 11. And then I also offer a counseling session Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. And, of course, those are the times we're just teaching through the Word. I I believe, and I'm sure many other pastors agree, that the most powerful counseling we offer is when we're getting up and we're expounding God's Word. And if I'm going to be spending any one-on-one time, uh, or one-on-two time, if it's a situation of marriage or whatever, I want to make sure that they're getting fed the Word of God on a Sunday and midweek, hearing that Word, responding to that Word, applying that Word, before we sit down and begin to add to that some kind of personal counsel.
1: So you've already given three ways of uh, vetting a possible counselee. If they're not from your church, No. If they, uh, so they need to be attending your church regularly. What was the third one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot already. Anyway.
0: You, uh, it, they're coming, they're coming regularly to coming the church regularly.
1: and hearing the word of God. There you go. Okay. So if those three conditions do or do not exist as uh, appropriately, then, then you will consider the request.
0: Absolutely. So what yeah. you're saying
1: mm-hmm. is that you're not going to necessarily counsel everyone who
0: asks for it yeah absolutely because you know really god didn't call me to be a counselor like most of the pastors out there we've been called as bible teachers and yes we are pastors and part of that pastoring element is shepherding the flock and that is offering counsel but again offering counsel and counseling can be two very different things depending on what the person is looking for So I love sitting down, I think most pastors do, one-on-one with people and helping them to understand and personally apply the Word of God. That's delightful. Getting into all of the other elements of what people sometimes want to include in counseling, like how I feel about something or how we are going to work out this or that or the other issue, those things aren't necessarily something that I feel particularly equipped to handle. But I believe that the word of God is powerfully equipped uh, to handle those issues. If people will just be open. You know, I had a recent situation where uh, a woman came in for some counsel and there were some longstanding and deep seated issues between her and one of her children, uh, grown children who she'd been estranged from for a period of time. And, and there was bitterness that had built up and and anger and and so on. And, And she came to talk about those feelings and so forth. And as we talked, I began to realize that what was really going on here is that this woman was very spiritually malnourished. She just wasn't getting enough of the Word of God to really have a foundational health in her life to be able to deal with these issues with her grown daughter. So kind of almost like a doctor, I prescribed for her to go through the scripture. I told her to pick a book of the Bible and to go through one of my messages that was online every day. And it's just amazing, after about two weeks, this gal wrote me a a, just a glowing email about what the Lord was doing in her heart to reveal what was really happening, what was really uh, causing the struggle, the root of the issue, And and it all came just because she got into the Word and began to really bathe her heart in the Scripture. And it's just so amazing. And and I think most pastors would agree with this, that when, when somebody is really immersing themselves in the Word of God, it takes care of so many issues that would otherwise be a struggle for us to work through in a counseling session.
1: This may not have been your intention, Paul, but you are liberating pastors right now. First of all, you so. are, you are telling pastors that they do not need to counsel everyone who asks for it. And then yeah. when they do come, you are connecting them with the resource of scripture and giving the responsibility back to them where it belongs to find God in the scriptures and be strengthened with the foundation that can help them work through problem areas.
0: Absolutely. You know, when I was uh, early in the ministry, um, I felt sometimes like if I hadn't experienced what someone was going through, uh, that I really couldn't be a very effective person in their life to encourage them. And and I, I've learned that that's not the case. I've learned that Sin is sin, and temptation is temptation, and issues are issues, weaknesses are weaknesses. Across the board, as the Scripture says, no temptation has come upon us or seized us that is not common to man, and that the Word of God applies in sort of a universal sense. And so even though we may not counsel everybody who asks for counseling, I would encourage pastors to at least sit down and talk with everyone who wants to counsel at least from the standpoint of encouraging them in the Word of God, encouraging them in um, a, a, a deeper devotion uh, to the Scripture and to understanding God's will for their life. It's a wonderful opportunity. And not to be intimidated, as I was in my earlier years, to thinking that if I hadn't personally experienced what they're going through, in other words, if I had never dealt with uh, alcoholism or or drug addiction, that there really wasn't a whole lot that I could say to this person. Well there is a whole lot that I can say because from the standpoint of God's Word, and faith, and trust, and hope, and truth, there are absolutely marvelous things that we can share with these people, even outside of what would be considered a traditional counseling sort of an arrangement.
1: Boy, that's so true. and then the Scripture becomes their resource, and the, and God yeah. himself, the author of Scripture. You know, it reminds me of that passage in Hebrews 5, Paul, where uh, the author to the Hebrews says, Solid food belongs to those who are mature, yeah. to those who by reason of practice have trained their senses to discern good and evil. And how much yeah. better is it for us senior pastors to help people d- discover the pathway to maturity than it is
0: to do it for them. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the last thing we want to do is get people dependent on us. Uh, our top priority is to get people depending on the Lord and, and, uh, and understanding that His Word applies and has something to say to every situation in life.
1: When Jethro came to Moses and uh, gave his son-in-law counsel, about how yeah. to lead the nation of Israel. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, he observed Moses behavior from, from sun up to sundown. He was standing before and judging the cases and answering the issues of people. And Jethro yeah. said, why are you doing this? And he said, well, because the people, they come to me and they ask me. And so he yeah. was responding to everything. And Jethro wisely said, well, if you do this, you're going to wear yourself out. And you're also going to wear out the people that are with you. And so the yeah. counsel that he gave to Moses, as you, I know you know this, but it's a reminder to all of us, is you be to God for the people and be to the people for God. Teach them the commandments and the work that they must do. So yeah. Moses was even given the responsibility and he took up Jethro's advice to put the responsibility back on the people by teaching them the scriptures, by teaching them God's ways and who God is, and then praying for them. And that was the most effective form of counseling that Moses could have done. And he also delegated responsibility to others that could handle the one-on-ones in a large congregation.
0: Absolutely. And that's exactly why. I believe it's it's unwise for a pastor to enter into any kind of a counseling arrangement for someone who, frankly, isn't attending your fellowship and receiving the ministry of the Word on a regular basis uh, on a Sunday in during your midweek service or that sort of thing, because that is just so incredibly important to have that foundation. I think most pastors can attest to the fact that during the course of their ministry, they've had people come up to them on a regular basis after a Sunday or Wednesday service and say to them, I came to the service today with so many questions about a particular issue, and God's Word answered them all just beautifully. And that's exactly what we want to see happen. Absolutely, We want to see God answering their questions, God solving their issues. And and for those whose hearts really want to hear from God, I believe that's going to happen just as they get into the Scripture.
1: Reminds me of an example that Gail Irwin uh, uses when he was younger and he was playing basketball and he wasn't a a tall athletic basketball type player, but there was a guy on the team named Dave who was tall and was an excellent athlete. And Gail Mm. learned very quickly that his goal when he got the ball was to get the ball to Dave, get the ball to (laughs) Dave, Dave will do the scoring. And so as we're sitting before people or standing before people in our ministry, get the ball to Jesus, let him be the one that works yeah. in their lives. Simple. Well, but. that's a great oh. illustration, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, something? yeah, yeah. So, what clinical. do you what do you require, Paul, of of a person that does come in for counseling, and you agree to see them one on one? What is it that you uh, ask them to do?
0: Well, beyond uh, you know being here uh, and and being regular in their attendance, if we do decide to sit down and do some counseling, and and I have done that, and uh, many times I invite my wife in when there is a marital issue that's being dealt with. And I, of course, always cover that with the couple ahead of time. Do you mind if my wife sits in with us because she offers a great female perspective? Uh, you know, we, we, it's a, just a, just a great addition to that sort of a thing, but, uh, making sure that they're there in church regularly hearing the word, uh, perhaps even attending one of our marital um, classes that we do a couple of times a year is another thing uh, that we require um, you know those sorts of things just making sure that they're connected but but beyond that I like to try to do what I call hitting them grounders And and what I mean by that is I want to make sure that I'm not working harder than they are willing to work toward the goal of whatever it is their counseling wants to achieve in other words if I've got a, a married couple that's working through issues in their marriage or someone else who's working through some emotional concerns or even spiritual concern, I'm going to hit them grounders. And it, those may come in many different forms, but I just, I want to, I want to make sure they're willing to lean over and, 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 and field the ball, if you will, and throw it back to me, uh, to make sure that they haven't come here with a sense of, Pastor Paul, I'm coming to talk to you because I I need you to fix this issue, or I need you to do all the heavy lifting toward getting this thing back in order again. Um, We're not going to do that. I want to make sure that they are invested uh, in the process of getting the situation right before the Lord.
1: Again, it's putting the responsibility back where it belongs on an individual believer's confidence and reliance upon the Holy Spirit.
0: And their obedience. That's another issue that that comes up a lot in counseling type of situations. Uh, 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 someone may come to me and say, my wife and I need marriage counseling. And we sit down and have an assessment and we realize that honestly, this really isn't a situation where they need counseling. They know what the word of God has to say. I can go through it. I can repeat it for them. But ultimately, and in some situations, the husband knows that the Word of God says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. The wife knows that she is to respect and honor her husband for the position that Christ has given to him as the leader and head of the home. They know that. But there are issues of disobedience that are going on. And so instead of talking about the feelings and what's happening and getting into all the specifics of how their disobedience is affecting their marriage, sometimes it's Mm -hmm. just a matter of, are you obeying the Word of God, what you do know about the Word of God? Husband, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Um, wife, are you respecting and honoring your husband for his God-given position and so forth? Uh Many times it begins right there, and if a couple would simply be challenged with walking in obedience, walking out the Word of God as it relates to their marriage, many of the issues that they're dealing with would be resolved in a very short period of time.
1: So it's not needing to know more. It's more doing what we already know.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people say we have marriage problems and what they don't often realize is that they are the problem. And, uh, it's a, it's a matter of, I need to get serious about, uh, not just hearing the word of God, but being a doer Mm -hmm. and, and many times uh, counseling for me uh, can be helping them to discover ways to be obedient. Mm-hmm. Um, a husband may know the, the the scriptural admonition to love his wife as Christ loved the church, but he may need some help in applying that word. In other words, what does that look like right. uh, in his marriage? Right. Um, a, a wife may know that she is to respect and honor her husband, but she might need some help from another woman to say, well, let me tell you how that can be played out in your particular marriage situation. They also may not realize what they're doing, uh, what the woman perhaps is doing that is disrespectful, and the husband may not even be aware of some of the things that he's doing that are unloving toward his wife. That's where counseling can really come into play, where we're helping people to take the Word of God and to apply it to their lives.
1: Is that another form of hitting them a grounder?
0: Uh, well, absolutely. Uh, however, grounders can be other really practical sorts of things. For example, if I'm dealing with a married couple and I find out in our assessment session that uh, they're never praying together, and mm-hmm. here they are, they're both born-again believers, but they're not praying, um, I'll hit them grounder by saying, all right, here's what I want you to do, and I'll talk to him specifically as the leader of the home about uh, you know, taking hold of his wife, uh, whatever time of day works best for them, grabbing her by the hand, sitting down and saying, we're gonna pray, Praying about their issues, praying about their family. And then when we come back and uh, we sit down again, uh, that's the first thing I'm going to ask them. How's your prayer going? Well, you know, if the guy looks at me and she kind of rolls her eyes and I find out that they really haven't been praying, um, we got a problem mm-hmm. because I hit them a grounder and they didn't pick up the ball and throw it back. So uh, they're coming in and they're taking my time and they're wanting to sit down and talk about specifics of their marriage when they have. Clearly showed me they're not willing to take those steps that need to be taken to, to come to a place of healing and restoration. So I want to make sure, you know, that, uh, that they're, they're, they're pulling their weight in that, in that respect.
1: Well, you're telling pastors right now, Paul, that this is your responsibility to do it this way. You're to equip the saints for the work of ministry yeah. and not to do ministry for them and especially yeah. the ministry in their own homes. So that's tremendous. You know, when I've been at your church, I've noticed that in your lobby, you have pamphlets that you have written that address some of the issues that I'm sure frequently come up in people's questions yeah. and things like that. I'm I'm impressed with the way you provide resources to people so that they can do some of the legwork, find the answers, and, and go ahead and proceed with with a healthier life.
0: Well, you know, that that has come just because um, over the years you say things repeatedly and uh, eventually you kind of think, gee, you know, if I had this in written form um, and somebody came to me and said, you know, what about what about I can I can say, well, you know, we've dealt with this. And here, why don't you read through this and see if this hits the nail on the head? And if we need to sit down and we need to talk about some of the application processes related to this, certainly willing to do that. But uh, many times getting that stuff into people's hands is really beneficial, particularly for the fairly large number of people who never will come and ask for help um, just because of the intimidation factor or whatever the case might be. Maybe they've, they're married to um, uh, a person who is just completely unwilling to do counseling and they know that. And so getting that information into the hands of the person who is open and responsive can just be a real help.
1: I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, you in your 28 and a half years in Ontario have also taught through the Bible a bunch of times. And you can always refer them to a specific message if you want to or a specific book of the Bible that circles around their issues. And what an advantage that is to give resources.
0: It really is. You know, we we actually have all 66 books of the Bible available on our website. And I actually prescribe those, uh, just like a doctor would prescribe medicine. (laughs) And I I used to be a little uh, intimidated about doing that because I felt like I was kind of tooting my own horn. Uh Uh, But I've come to realize it's not my horn. Uh, it's the Lord's horn, and, and I'm going to toot away. And so when somebody comes in and they have an issue, uh, I'll, I'll tell them, you need to just be immersed in the Word of God. And, and often that is the situation. You're dealing many times with a malnourished person from a spiritual standpoint. And, and, and so I'll just tell them, hey, we've got all 66 books of the Bible on our website. Pick one. I want you to start going through it. I want you to listen to one message every day. It is amazing uh, what happens in somebody's life who is open to hear the word of God and responds with just an open heart to the Lord. It, it really is delightful to see the lights come on and to see healing mm-hmm. come into their lives.
1: Yeah, I can, I can connect with that idea of, uh, this seems like self promoting to give a, a resource that I've done online, my mm-hmm. Bible study to somebody. But on the other hand, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know what, that's what a shepherd is. A shepherd is to the sheep what, yeah. a, sh- what a real shepherd is to his sheep. And that is yeah. that, you know, they know the voice of their shepherd. And what yeah. a better place to learn and grow from than from the voice of their shepherd. They've already made a decision to come to your church. They've already made a decision to attend regularly. And so that shows that to at least some degree, they consider you as their pastor why not take advantage of that relationship and help them grow through that relationship?
0: And as the church grows, uh, it gets to the point where you just can't sit down and spend a lot of time with everybody, having resources available online uh, in print form. Uh, oh, they just it's so wonderful to be able to uh, reach more people that way. I've actually even started an online blog that I've been keeping up over the years that's just a simple, Q uh, and A, and some of it deals with issues that might be related to counseling. Some of them are just flat out Bible questions related to some theological standpoint or whatever. But either way, it's just it's wonderful to be able to refer people to that and say, well, let's just see if that answers your questions. And if not, you know, here you, you know how to get a hold of me, and we'll sit down to talk if you need some further information.
1: Thanks for that a uh, bit of information give us your the URL of that blog site if you can if you remember it
0: uh, actually it's it's yeah it's kind of long it's probably easier just to give the uh, URL to our website and then it's linked from there okay um, our church website is ccontario.com and if uh, someone goes to that uh, my entire through the bible series is there all 66 books of the bible as well as a link Uh, to my uh, blog up at the top of the page uh, where uh, those resources are available.
1: That's going to give pastors some ideas on how to put their ideas and their thoughts about specific biblical questions into writing. And they can even, uh, I'm sure... Copy and paste some of your stuff if they want. Is that copyright? So <laughs> yeah, there are so many wonderful.
0: Yeah, there's so many wonderful resources that yeah. are out there, and they're yeah. free of charge. Yeah. Um, I happen to use, you know, the uh, Blogger, uh, which is absolutely free, and and uh, so, uh, yeah, we should definitely be taking advantage of those. Yeah,
1: really for sure. Okay, so do you have a quick example of a counseling horror story? A situation that didn't turn out well?
0: Um number of years ago, I agreed to sit down and counsel a couple uh, who were going through some pretty serious marriage issues, but I agreed to do it on the basis that I knew them as friends. They did not attend our fellowship. We were not on the same page as far as the Word of God is concerned, as far as many aspects of what the Bible has to say about marriage and the marriage relationship. And uh, I agreed to go into kind of a protracted period of counseling with that couple and it didn't go well uh, for all of the reasons I stated. And and having, I, I, I can't, I can't stress enough having a, a pastoral relationship with the people that you're spending time counseling. And I know that there are guys, who really see counseling as kind of an evangelistic outreach, and and if that's something that the Lord has really birthed in their heart as a means of reaching their community, and and providing those kinds of services, you know, God bless them. But um, I think for the vast majority of us who feel that our gifting is teaching the Word of God uh, to to go outside of our realm of of the sheepfold that God has kind of allowed us to minister in is is fraught with all kinds of difficulties and and i have definitely experienced those
1: okay so that's a great lesson learned and how about on the other side an example of a situation that really was pleasing looking back and to see what god did in the life of the person or persons that you were meeting with
0: yeah well uh, again that's where there's less counseling and more encouragement in the word of god to be in the word and, and that process that I described of prescribing the word of God in, in the situations that I've experienced more recently where I have just unashamedly said, here's my study through the book of John. Here's my study through Ephesians. Here's my study through Galatians. Do this one day at a time. I have just seen such wonderful fruit come from those. Uh, where people are just bathing their heart in the scriptures. It it, it just has such a wonderful and freeing effect. And uh, and I had already done the study. Uh, you know, I, I taught through the scriptures. And uh, there it is, just waiting to be consumed again and for the Lord to do a work in those people's hearts.
1: Fruit that remains. That's what you're talking about. So final Amen. word, Paul, final word. Something that you want to just share from your heart to the pastors about this subject anything, anything liberating, any bit of advice, counsel, encouragement, whatever.
0: I remember the uh, days when Pastor Chuck was still making his way to all of the regional Calvary Chapel conferences. And uh, most of the time I was uh, gathering with the guys up in the Pacific Northwest, up north of Seattle. And I remember uh, during a particular Q&A session, uh, when this particular issue came up, as far as counseling, how much time we spend, um, the effects that it can have on us as pastors. <laughs> and I remember Pastor Chuck just unashamedly uh, saying, most of the time, counseling is the biggest waste of time that you are going to spend in your day. And I remember the room erupted in kind of a laughter of relief as I recall, as a lot of guys just heard uh, their mentor um, sharing a, a very clear and practical piece of advice that counseling can be a black hole. Uh, it can absolutely suck the life out of a pastor. But many times the reason that's happening is because we're trying to give something that we're just not equipped to give. When we default back to the Word of God and say the scriptures speak profoundly on this and we put them in the care of the one who is the counselor Uh, it's always going to be a much more positive effect that's
1: a great word that is such a great word and so important because if we don't do that then just like you said we're outside of our realm we're we're beyond Uh our pay grade you know if there's a pay grade but, you know, what I'm hearing you say behind what you're saying is that our, our sweet spot as senior pastors, as pastor teachers, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry and right. to disciple them into Christian maturity in Christ. When we're doing that, yeah. there's great joy. We love it. We love the one-on-ones. We love the one-on-twos. We love the small groups. We love the pulpit ministry because that's what's happening.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen.
1: Well, thanks so much, Paul, for uh, joining us on this episode, episode number 23 of Strength for Today's Pastor. Consider ccontario.com as a resource for blogging, Bible studies, not blogging, but blogs having to do with answers to specific questions, and also consider poymanministries.com as a way to connect to personal resources that you as pastors may be interested in, like church assessments, or transitional support, or sabbatical support, or pulpit fill, or pastoral coaching, a myriad of ways in which we can help strengthen you and thus strengthen your church. God bless you all. Thanks for listening today. Once again, thank you to Paul LeBoutier of Calvary Chapel, Ontario, Oregon, for joining us and spending part of his morning with us here on Strength for Today's Pastor. Thank you, Paul. You
0: bet. Thank you.
1: Okay, word of benediction from you, maybe a final prayer, and then we are done.
0: Thank you, Lord, for the power of your word to change lives. We pray, Lord God, always for open hearts to hear, to receive, and to apply, to put those things into practice in our lives. We thank you and praise you that you are the Lord who comforts, the Lord who counsels, the Lord who fills us with hope and life as we walk through this world and the life that you've called us to live. And we ask you to empower us with your spirit, to continue to teach us, to guide us in all things, and to direct our hearts always heavenward. We ask it in the precious and mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And
1: amen. Strength for Today's Pastor is sponsored by Poyman Ministries. You can find us at poymanministries.com. That's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N ministries.com. If something in today's program prompts a question or desire to connect with us, or if you have a comment or a topic idea for a future episode, just shoot us an email at StrongerPastors at gmail.com. That's StrongerPastors at gmail.com. Until we meet again, may you continue to be a strengthened pastor.